Hey everybody, what is going on? My name is Eric McGrew. I'm here with Elevated Office and Eric's Tree Service in Montrose, Colorado. I am the host and producer of this show. I'm also the owner, operator, and climber for uh, Eric's Tree Service in Montrose, Colorado. And along with these things, uh, just to give you guys a little bit of background if you're new to the show, I am also a product analyst for a various um, amount of arborist companies, and I'm also an innovator for Weaver Arborist and for Gap Arborist Supply. Dot com as well. So today we're going to talk about uh, basic chainsaw mods that aren't super aggressive but can give you some performance. I mentioned talking about this in the past and it's been a little bit delayed just for various different things. Can't believe that this is one year as of this week that I picked up my first sponsor, GapArborSupply.com. I'm super stoked to be an ambassador of them and man, they have helped me out over the years, um, not just with you know, the products that I get from them, which is awesome. But the fact that they just have incredible customer service for Arborist. Um, I mean, please know that I've been approached by various other, uh, sponsors over the, over this past year. And to be honest, the guys that I'm working with right now, the companies that I'm working with currently are just amazing. I, I don't really want to change them. Um, Gap Arbor Supply has been the best arb supply store that I've ever worked with. And I want you all to know that the agreement with my sponsors is that I get to be completely open and free about this information. Um, and if they aren't going to be that, I don't need a sponsor bad enough to lie. That's not, this is a secondary thing that I do. Um, so when I promote these companies, I promote them with all genuine interest in in my belief of them as a company ray knows what he's doing kyle knows what he's doing at gap arbor supply austin's awesome about helping you get your shipping out on time and things and they know the industry so that they can help you actually know what people like and don't like about certain products and and they don't make up stuff if they don't know specifically they'll let you say they'll just say you know what i have to do a little bit of research or contact some of my climbers about that and and get back to you so Really, really amazing um, to work with Gap Arbor Supply. Cannot say enough about them. WeaverArborist.com as well. Super stellar guys that I've been working with. The whole team over there is amazing. Um, the amount of feedback they ask from me is overwhelming in a good sense. Um, I didn't realize how much they want to uh, promote the arborist industry and make better products for the industry. And I've been super impressed with them. Um, and I, I, I'm super stoked to have them as a sponsor. They're, they're very, uh, willing and open to make improvements on past, um, you know, long, long life products that they've been creating and selling. And they are constantly innovating new things. Um, and and so there will be new stuff coming out that I'm working on with them as well. So keep an eye out for that. Also, arbshirts.com, um, got in touch with them. They're selling a design of mine right now. I've got more designs going onto their website here, hopefully pretty soon when I get some time to put them up. They have some really cool designs as well. So if you like like casual shirts and you're into the arborist community and culture, then you might want to check out their shirts and see what they've got going on. Um, you can also get them on products like coffee mugs and different things as well. And you can also buy stuff for your wife or for your kids. So go check out arbshirts.com. If you buy shirts that are of my design, then I get a small commission based on that, which helps out Elevated Office and 
this show keep running as well as helps me be able to do more research and investigation by buying equipment that um, I'm not given so that I can test it and get back to you guys with. And then last, definitely not least, this week I picked up a brand new sponsor who's been absolutely amazing from day one. Um, he, I spoke with Lucas at Just Send It Saul's last Saturday. I sent him a um, a request to have somebody contact me about uh, building my 2511 T-Saw that I have, the little Echo, because everybody that I had spoken to wanted to um, have me buy a brand new saw that was fully built, and I already have this saw, and I didn't really want to spend the money on a brand new saw. He calls me up, we start talking, and lo and behold, he is now my sponsor, so just send it saws.com, just senditsaws.com is a sponsor of mine now and he's gone way over and beyond what I expected um, and his interest in in getting me and you guys as the end customers the right saw, the right build for your saw. Um, he does everything from selling aftermarket chains and light bars um, to west coast saw uh, dogs and bark boxes and universal muffler mods and high flow air filters for your chainsaws contact justsenditsaws.com see what they've got for your saw and they also do full builds for your saws you can either buy a brand new saw built or you can send your saw in and have them build it so um, call them up get on their waiting list and get a, a work saw that makes you more efficient and makes you make money so go check out GapArborSupply.com, WeaverArborist.com, ArbShirts.com, and JustSendItSaws.com. All right, so along with all this, um, JustSendItSaws.com, Lucas uh, spoke with me just before I recorded this episode, and he actually helped me get the uh, details about what I'm going to talk about today so that I made sure that I was clear. I had a lot of it in mind, but as he's the, you know, the professional saw builder and, and everything, I wanted to make sure that I was not talking off the top of my head. So um, there's a, there's different ranges of performance for your saws and some of them are commonly talked about, but not really thought of as performance. And then some of them are commonly talked about, but lesser done by the majority because they're unsure of them and things like that. Um, I know I had some hesitations with building saws and stuff in the past, but over the past six weeks, I've been talking to multiple builders um, about their experiences and climbers like Zach Richards and a few others online about their saws and um, they're running heavily built work saws and really seeing the benefits of them. So I thought that I would, um, Give that a go. So now with Justin at Saul's, we're, we're doing a bunch of builds and things for me. Um, and also, I wanted to make this relevant to everybody. So what I did is instead of just going deep into this whole, you know, go send it, have it ported, polished, gasket. Um, uh, oh, what is it called? Um, gasket delete and all this stuff for compression, high compression heads, decking, all this stuff. I thought we would start off with some basic ways that you can get performance that people often overlook. It's amazing. Um, I talk to guys and they're like, oh, this saw is a dog, but they don't take care of their saw. So the number one performance um, mod is not even a mod. It's just simply, are you making sure your saw is accurately tuned? So this is kind of 
finicky because one thing is tuning it yourself, quote unquote, um, but not knowing what you're really doing, kind of getting it where it'll run and that's fine, but that doesn't mean you've got it into optimal tune. Um, and the other is just not tuning the saw regularly and like fighting to get it started and then fighting to keep it running and all that stuff. So uh, an accurately and correctly tuned saw will run at maximum performance in wide open range and will also idle well. So if your saw is not doing one of those two, then it's not well tuned. And clearly adjustments on the carburetor are the most common thought of process but this goes all the way down the line to how the kind of the kind of treatment you're giving your saw. Um, are you doing regular uh, gas tank flushes, and are you making sure your fuel filters are cleaned? Are you uh, working on making sure that you have um, your air filter completely cleaned and are you having your saws rebuilt as needed? Now, rebuilding saws not quite like a dirt bike. Um, I mean, my like I have a have a really built 2000 KX or 2001 2001 KX 250, and the the motor work on it. Uh, I bought it from a guy; it was already done. But the motor work on it's done worth like forty five hundred dollars or something. I don't know, something stupid. And um, he was racing it for motocross or whatever. Um, and so at a hundred hours, without a doubt, I'm going to be rebuilding that motor. It's just how it is. Um, pistons, rings, all that stuff. Fine. Bearings, everything. But with saws, you don't really have to do it that frequently. Um, but when they start to get tired out, you're going to have to rebuild them or buy a new one. That's just how it is. And if you have a, if you do go with a completely built work saw, then you're going to want to most likely spend your money on rebuilding the saw if it's in good shape. Um, but Biggest, biggest things for starting off with a, a good performing saw is just that basic stuff. Make sure you're running good fuel, not old fuel that's been sitting around forever and is half varnish. Um, make sure that you're running right mixes in your fuel. Um, I I know that we all probably at some point have run. Um... Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Like the Husky or the steel oil mix. Um, I'm talking to a lot of builders though, and they're saying that they don't really like that stuff as much. They find it to be first off the 50 to one, not as good as they would like. Second off that the quality of the oil mix isn't quite what they prefer. So, um, like Lucas was telling me that he likes the high performance two stroke, uh, mix oil for, um, uh, what's it called for dirt bikes and stuff like Redline and, um, 
Oh, I forgot the other one. Um, Red Armor and Lucas and um, even VP, uh, Bell Ray, that kind of stuff. And some of the things have proved over the years that running those higher quality mixes um, actually have less carbon buildup and stuff in your motor and the engine tends to run better over a longer period of time and run stronger and have higher performance. So that does make a difference. Now, uh, fuel, non-ethanol versus ethanol. If you have non-ethanol available and your fuel is going to be sitting around for a while, non-ethanol is always the way to go. It's a bit more expensive, but it, it does work better for long-term use and things like that. Um, Lucas and some others told me that running ethanol, 10% ethanol fuel isn't a deal breaker. Um, as you get into maybe higher performance saws, uh, the pre-ignition potential could be a little bit higher in things. But as a general rule, if you just have 10% ethanol fuel, that's what you've got. Use it. Um, it's not particularly going to damage your saw over time. And the difference in performance might be marginal depending on where you're at, what kind of saw you're running, how it's built, that kind of stuff. Um, some people swear by non-ethanol. Some people say it doesn't really matter. Keep that in mind. Um, it's it's kind of up to you. Now, the other thing to consider is if your saw and most back handle saws are capable of this, but a high performance air filter versus your factory air filter. If you can only run a factory air filter, then run your factory air filters, but make sure they're constantly clean. Have two or three um, extras and if you don't want to spend the time to clean them out right and let them dry and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, you can blow them with a compressor, but it's better to use uh, certain kinds of chemicals on them. And each person has their own determination of what that is. Um, just swapping them out so that you can have clean ones through the day, especially if you're doing like really dusty, dirty kind of work. Like if I'm working on pinions or junipers, it's really good to have multiple uh, filters. If I'm working on dead aspen and cottonwood elm trees anything that's super dead and powdery definitely a good thing because that fine powder gets up and on your filter really bad so um, having extra filters to swap them out through the day and then when you get home you can wash them or whatever or over the weekend or whatnot it makes a huge difference for you guys um so you know that's going to adjust your tuning and all that stuff because as they get dirtier the filters don't let as much air through and then your air fuel mix gets screwed up and then it's not going to run to its optimal and you could either be running fat or lean. Um, most likely, if the filter is getting clogged, then you're going to be running fat. So burning more fuel, less air, less power. Um, so keep that in mind. And then, of course, make sure your saw is just getting regularly maintenance for all the, the different things. Because if you're not getting the fuel in the, c the cylinder like you need, you could be running really lean and you could melt down your saw. Just really overheat it. And it'll run great for a while. There's an old saying, it ran awesome until it didn't. Or um, I've heard people say, when it starts to run too good, I know something's wrong. So kind of keep that in mind if your saw is at a level and then all of a sudden it gets like really better when you didn't do anything to it. I'd be worried. I'd stop it and have it tuned and uh, maintenanced. Um, see what you can do about that. So that's kind of that side of it. Um, I think the 2511T top handle also has a high flow air filter uh, kit that you can put on it. Um, but the... Husky 350 series top handles, um, the 200 series top handles by Steel, and the 190 series by Steel, and I'm pretty sure the 150 series by Steel top handles don't have, as far as I know, any kind of large, um, well-known 
largely available high flow filter system for them. So keep that in mind. Just just know that you're going to be better off having um, clean filters in them. All right. So going from that kind of basic stuff, which you should know, uh, we can move on now to uh, other things that can give you performance, such as just selecting appropriate chain and, um, you know, so on the top handle saws, uh, gauge width does make a difference. 043 versus 050 can make a big difference. Um, quarter versus three eighths LP or Pico can make a difference. So, um, selecting that is good. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you're running something that's applicable for the saw. One of the most commonly known and complained about um, mistakes that a, a factory company made was, of course, Echo with the 2511T running a 3.8 LP chain. Um, it just is too much drag for that little motor. You swap down to a quarter pitch, I mean, a, I'm sorry, not a quarter pitch, a quarter low pro chain that's 043. It, it has way better um, performance with nothing else changed on the saw right? So, um, that's a big deal. Uh, make sure that your chains are appropriate for the saws that you're running. When you get into the back handle saws, um, run with what they, they give you stock for the most part. But when you get into the bigger saws, like maybe a 661 or a 880, an 880 is going to run an 063 chain. If I remember correct, um, uh, you, you can get the three eights, the four Oh fours, whatever. And that should run fine on those, the 461s, I've heard you can run an 063 gauge, but they come from um, steel with an 050 gauge. So keep that in mind as well. It is a little bit wider with an 063 and it might have just a tad bit more drag or whatever on it. So you'd have to kind of play with that. Um, but, you know, once again, biggest performance that you can do without costing you really anything is making sure that your bars are true, that your guides are square, that they don't have any burrs, that they're open and they don't bind on the, um, guy, the drivers of the chain. Um, make sure that they're sharpened appropriately. Of course, there's always the option to adjust your, uh, angle of your chisel. You can, um, or the tooth, I mean, so you can run them at, uh, at least my mechanic as a, for an average of everybody, she cuts them at 32.5 degrees. If I remember correct. Um, I know some people run them at 40. Some people run them at 30. It depends on the kind of wood you're cutting to a large degree. And if you're cutting cross grain or, um, with the grain, uh, you know, noodling as some people call it, uh, whatever. So there's a bunch of options you can do with that. And then you have your semi chisel and then you have your chisel. Chisels are going to cut faster and harder, but dull faster. They're going to be, take better bites, I should say, but dull faster. Semi chisel going to take less of a bite, but dull slower. So um, depending on the kind of wood you're running as well, would depend on what kind of chain you might use and how long it would last and how much performance you saw because um, performance is also relative. If you're running a chain that digs really hard and bites really good, makes good chips and then it dulls really fast, you're pretty much only going to remember the fact that it dulled fast and you're going to think that performance is lacking. Whereas if you have one that doesn't bite quite as aggressively, but stays sharper longer, 
then you're probably going to think that that's a better performing chain in those scenarios. So uh, it is kind of mental, the whole thing. If you're somebody who realizes that it, the full chisel cut, I mean, yeah, the full chisel cut really hard and bit hard and was sharp and you're willing to stop and sharpen and everything, then that's, um, that's going to be key for you. N- never underestimate the power and value of knowing how to accurately hand file your chains. Um, I know a lot of people talk about the 12 volt Dremel style uh, rotary tool style grinders and how they eat your chain and they do this and they do that. I have one and I got to tell you, if you know how to use it right, it doesn't really eat your chain a whole lot more. Um, if you're hogging into the tooth, then yeah, it does. But if you set the guide right on it, like you should, I have one that's branded steel. It's kind of cheap in its make, but it actually works really well when you figure it all out and you set the depth gauge, right? And if you don't hog into the tooth, you just barely, um, graze it like you're supposed to. And, but you have to know how to keep your angles. If you can't hand file, well, you're not going to make it better with a electric grinder. You're going to make it way worse. So learn how to hand file first, then go back and do the grinding the way it should be. So, um, of course you can, uh, also adjust things by your rake, your rakers and the rakes, however you want to call them. Some people call them each way. Um, if you take those down lower, they bite harder because it's got a, a deeper gauge on it, um, for biting. If you leave them higher, they're going to bite less hard. Um, so finding that balance for what you do. I know some old school loggers used to take the rakes off completely. Not a good idea. Promotes heavy amounts of kickback and a lot of wear on your saw. So um, selecting the chain you want, of course, is is going to be um, a a performance upgrade. Uh, Skip tooth versus full comp. Um, They both have their pros and cons. Uh, Skip tooth tends to bite a little bit harder, uh, but, and you have less teeth to to sharpen like on a 36 inch bar, 36 times two plus 0.3 approximately, um, gives you an idea of what it is that you're going to have to sharpen, uh, distance wise on a full comp and on a skip tooth, but full comp tends to stay sharper longer. So keep that in mind as well. So definitely performance upgrades based on the, the chain that you have. And then of course bars. So bars don't really add horsepower or torque or anything to your saw, of course, but they can make the saw way more practical to manage and use. Uh, Putting in a longer bar on your saw makes that saw way more useful and you feel like it's more, um, it has better performance for you. Simple fact. Uh, Light bars versus standard bars, all that kind of stuff. Now, they both have their pros and cons. We're not going to get into all that, but they can make a huge difference in your workflow and how well you feel that saw performs. Also, um, like for instance, I don't know the other brands out there, but I know West Coast Saws has the three-point felling dogs and the safety pro dogs and different kinds of dogs you can put on your saw. Um, I have the safety dogs on my 661, and they're not bad dogs at all. They're they're actually really good. They dig nice, and they keep the, the the saw really stable, but they tend to bog my saw down because the leverage where it puts that that torque bind is is further back toward the casing. Whereas on my 461, I have the three-point um, felling dogs by West Coast Saws. And, you know, that center, well, the, the middle dog, which is kind of actually two-thirds down, uh, is longer slightly, and it lets it rotate over, and it creates 
more effective use of the power and torque in the saw without causing so much bogging and binding, which I love. So I actually just had another pair ordered from um, West Coast. I mean, um, just send it saws, who is a rep for um, who is a sales source for West Coast saw products. And he's sending me the three points for my 661 right now as well, which is amazing. I mean, amazing. Um, I'm super stoked to have that on there. My my two my six sixty one has a thirty six inch bar, full skip tooth, uh, 050 gauge right now. We're probably gonna go up to 063 full skip tooth on Archer chain on that with a Sumura light bar, and then my um, four sixty one has a twenty five inch light bar skip tooth, 050 chain, and um, I'm probably gonna go up to a 050 gauge. 3.8 skip tooth with uh, archer chain with um, Sumura 24 inch light bar on that one. So that's what we're looking at for all of that. Um, so chain and bars do make a difference. The dogs make a big difference to me. I, I noticed a huge difference. Um, do know that on the 461s, I don't know about the um, the Husky saws, what they provide or not because I don't own any Husky yet, sorry. Um, but the 461, you have to buy the hardware kit for the 661 um, sprocket case or clutch case cover dog because the 461 only comes with a steel dog on the body and not on the case cover. So when you get the West Coast saws, you'll get two dogs, so you need to buy that extra case to, um, I mean, that extra hardware to put it on the, the clutch cover. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, the clutch cover to mount it, and it makes a huge difference. So, do that um, because the longer leverage on just one dog will bind the saw more because it, it's not balanced. But when you have both dogs, it rotates over and the bar stays straight, makes a big difference, makes it way easier to cut. I really like it. So, um, really can't say enough about the West Coast saw dogs, been loving that. Another basic and affordable upgrade for your saws for modifications that don't take a huge amount of effort are bark boxes if you have a two-piece exhaust or two-piece muffler like the 461s, the 661s, the 462s, the 500s, and the 880s, right? And all the corresponding steel ones that are like 040, you know, all that stuff. Um, you just take the top cover off, you put the bark box on, makes a big difference. And then if you have like a um, saw that has a one-piece muffler, you can buy the universal baffle that goes on the side and port. And you can either tack weld it on or you can screw it in or you can use rivet nuts and cut the hole and, and apply that and have the performance upgrade on any muffler if it doesn't have the two-piece design. So that does make a big difference. It shifts your torque range a little bit and makes the saw wake up quite a bit plus they just sound awesome um and so if you have top handle saws mufflers and stuff are a bit different so the mods that you can do are like on the 201s and the 200s you can actually cut the baffles out inside if you know what you're doing that's a bit more complicated so you can also drill a bypass hole um, what you don't want to do though as a rule of thumb and this is not super specific scientifically what lucas from um just send it saws understood and what I had kind of heard as well is that you don't want the opening that you drill in your muffler the bypass hole to be larger larger than 85% of the porthole of the case so you don't want like whatever your exhaust port is 
the hole you drill in your muffler should not be bigger than 85% of that diameter of the case porthole as a general rule that can shift depending on manufacturer make model their compression settings and various other things but it's a rough general rule of thumb also do know that um if you do drill too big of a hole you can really lose performance there's no back pressure there's there especially with two-stroke engines um that's really important because it's returning unspent fuel back into the chamber with back pressure and and it's helping and it's it's a big engineering and and scientific thing so don't drill like i put a 5 16 hole in my um my echo 2511 t and it actually worked really well um so that, that gives you an idea i uh, haven't done it on the 201 yet i will and um that's just a basic easy mod that you can do so i think i've covered all the basic stuff um with this episode as of this point so once again have to give a huge shout out to my new sponsor uh just send it Sauls, lucas he he was willing to talk to me for about an hour this morning getting this all together so that i could put the episode out for you guys really stoked on working with them go give them a look see on website on their website just send it saws.com they have pre-built saws that you can buy they also do service on saws that you own contact them see what kind of time frame and their waiting list is and then you can get on that if you want also um gap arbor supply has continued to provide awesome quality product at a reasonable price i mean they are super competitive with their prices they have deals from time to time go check them out their new gap vantage rope is something i'm running and i love it and I also use a lot of their handmade slings in-house, which I'm stoked on. Weaver Arborist, they've given me um, so many products to use that I love. I, I bought before I was associated with them. The Pro Cool Pads, which I love. I love their new rope bags and the, Camba, the Cavern Gear Bag. It's amazing. And um, I also like their handsaw scabbard, so keep that in mind. And then um, arbshirts.com has been, um, really putting out new designs that are amazing. And plus they have my silky Zubat user, um, t-shirt that I designed and illustrated. So go check that out as well. Put links to all the stuff in the show notes. And I'm glad that you guys were able to stop by. Thanks for checking out the show. Please spread the message of elevated office, share this podcast with all that, you know, and continue to stop by my Instagram, check out Eric E-R-I-C underscore M-C-G-R-E-W, McGrew, M-C-G-R-E-W there. And um, you can see what's going on. And uh, I hope to see you guys in the next one. Bye.